Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Ditch Decade Diets Podcast. I am your host, Lorna Perozo, certified food freedom coach and founder of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. I've spent 10 years in an unhealthy relationship with food, binge eating, over-exercising, and feeling insecure in my body. This podcast is all about helping you get to the root of your food struggles and teaching you how to rewire your brain so you can end binge eating. If you're ready to improve your relationship with food and cultivate more self-love towards yourself and your health, this is the podcast for you. So let's get to it and jump right in. Are you ready to regain control with food and be on your way to end binge eating? Breathwork is one of the most powerful tools that can help you. I am a certified trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and breathwork has been so profound for my clients in helping them to become less impulsive with food. And I wanted to share breathwork with you as well too. So I have created Break the Binge Breathwork Bundle, which is a self-paced course that allows you to experience the magic of breathwork whenever you want or need throughout the day. Whether you are feeling the impulse or the urge to binge, you are feeling low energy, you're in a funk, you're overwhelmed and stressed out, or maybe you're dealing with guilt from binge eating or overeating. This can definitely help you. So get ready to experience more self-love, more self-trust, less anxiety, a healthier body image, confidence in your own skin, mindfulness and presence in your day, and of course, more control with food. To check out all of the details of this breathwork bundle, you can go to sustainablehealthproject.com forward slash breathwork bundle, and you can join and get access to the breathwork sessions right away. Again, that is sustainablehealthproject.com forward slash breathwork bundle, or you can always click the link down below in the show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ditch Decade Diets podcast. Today, we have Miranda Lee on the show, and Miranda is a faith-based health and confidence coach who loves to help busy go-getters build confidence through food freedom, fitness, and faith. She is the host of a top-ranking nutrition podcast, the M-Powered Podcast. Miranda is a huge mental health and eating disorder awareness advocate and recovering perfectionist. She believes that it is totally possible to eat the foods you love, prioritize mental health, and stop overtraining all while reaching your health goals. It's time to ditch diet culture and start falling in love with yourself. All right, Miranda, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, this is going to be amazing. So I know that I just introduced you and we, I introduced you and we were kind of discussing about this perfectionist tendencies. And I want to really dive into that right off the bat, because I know so many people listening to this podcast are probably perfectionists or recovering perfectionists. I was definitely a perfectionist for my entire life, (laughs) not only with just like food and my body, but 
with my career, with grades, with school, with absolutely everything. So I'm curious for you, like what helped you break out of that perfectionist mindset? Well, what are some, like some things that really helped you? Yeah. Well, with perfectionism, the thing that really stinks about it is like, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be pleased. And it's like, we keep expecting it from ourselves though. Like we keeping like, I have to be the best at this, this, and that. And realistically that's, that's impossible. So it's just, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So I think with me, like you said, when you're a perfectionist or you have this, um, you know, perfectionist tendencies, it's not just in one little aspect or area of your life. It's literally in all aspects. So, you know, you find yourself striving for perfection with your food, with your exercise, but then also with your grades and then with your, you know, your relationships in your life. And it's so draining. You can't give a hundred percent of things to all of everything. Like that's impossible. Cause that adds up to more than a hundred percent. So I think for me, kind of like my, my breaking point was really deciding to move past my eating disorder and ask for help. And, um, I think my eating disorders is really what made me realize, oh shoot, like this is a, this is a result of me striving for perfection. I want to be perfect and hit the exact amount of calories. I need to be perfect and work out like literally six to seven days a week. I cannot miss a Monday. And it was just so exhausting. So I think during my eating disorder recovery, it made me notice like, wow, I have these high expectations in every aspect of our lives. And it, it's just like a domino effect. It just hits everything, everything else. And it is exhausting. And I just decided I didn't want to be exhausted anymore because <laughs> no one else expects this much from, from us. We expect it from ourselves. And it's so unfair because we don't expect that from other people. So why should yeah. we expect it from ourselves? We're always so hard on ourselves. It's like <laughs> the things that our friends go through, or our families go through, we're like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be perfect. Like, you know, and then when it comes to ourselves, it's like you said, we have such high expectations and that only leads to disappointment and this ultimate feeling of just, you know, being a failure and that we don't deserve that. So, um, what are some first steps that our listeners can take to kind of like break out of that perfectionist mindset? Is there any like specific tangible tools that you kind of recommend them to, to take? Yeah. So, um, my first, piece of advice would be to like purposefully get out of your comfort zone because as perfectionists, like we thrive and we live in our comfort zone. So I would purposefully do things that would make me so uncomfortable, but literally was like not even a big deal, probably to even other people. Like I would make, make a rest day on a Monday and society and diet cultures, like never skip a Monday, but your, your body doesn't know what day of the week it is. Like it really doesn't matter. So I would do silly things like taking a rest day on a Monday or, um, or maybe going out to eat on a weekday, which during, um, my, my time with my eating disorder, that was something I would never do. Like you would only go out to eat like 
Friday, Saturday. And then like, that was all that was allowed. So I would purposely like go out to eat on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And yeah, in the beginning it was so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. Skipping Monday for a workout or going out to eat on a Tuesday. I felt like my world was crashing down. And then after like a little while doing it, it literally had no negative effect on my life. Like I survived and I was like, Oh, I, (laughs) I guess these things that I thought really mattered, they don't. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be different for everyone. But I mean, I really recommend purposely doing things that get out of your comfort zone. And it might be something so small, like another one for me was going to bed without doing the dishes. I would obsess about if I don't do the dishes tonight, then it is going to be like a gateway for me to be a slob. And I'd be like, I can't skip the dishes. So some things I would do, like my first step, it wasn't going to be not doing the dishes at night. It would be doing the dishes, but maybe leaving a potter pan out. Maybe not, maybe not putting certain things in the dishwasher. So when I would wake up in the morning, I'd be like, oh, let me just put that away real quick. Look, it's not a big deal that I didn't do it at night. So it's crazy how many things like we've made part of our routine and we make define us and that really hold no true value in who we are. And as perfectionists, we have such a hard time letting that go. So I think that would definitely be my first tip is getting out of your comfort zone. And another one would be celebrating little wins. Like it's so huge. We feel like if something isn't perfect or if like I didn't get a hundred percent on a test, like I'm a failure, but this is going to sound a little weird, but have you ever thought about like, you know how a 50% on a test is an F? I think it's pretty impressive if I know 50% of a topic that I've never known about before. <laughs> like we, we see things like, oh, halfway as, oh, it's still failing because that's how the school system taught us. But, you know, there's other things in life where, you know, if you're recovering from, let's say, binge eating, that's something I really struggled with. I would celebrate a win would be like, oh, I just ate like three bowls of cereal. But after those three bowls, I would said you know what, I'm going to stop. And that's something to celebrate is that I had that self-awareness to stop after starting a binge or starting to overeat. And I celebrated that win of, oh, I stopped after three, three bowls of cereal, or maybe another little win could be, you know, I didn't want to work out and I went for a 10 minute walk. Normally people would say, oh, if you don't do a one to two hour um, workout, then it doesn't count. No, it's not all or nothing. And that leads to my, my third piece of advice. And my third tip is to get out, out of this all or nothing mentality. It is life's not meant to be black or white. We are meant to thrive in the gray area. That's where we, we should, we should be living most of our life in is this gray area. So, you know, that's one of the hardest is, you know, people saying, I'm either going to work out two hours today or I'm not going to work out at all. Really? I mean, there's, there's a middle ground. You guys, you can go for a 10, 20 minute walk. You can do, you know, a, a 20 minute quick body weight Peloton class. That is better than nothing. But we think because something isn't two hours long or hundred percent, or I feel absolutely exhausted at the end of it, that it didn't count. And that's not how it works. Yeah. So many good, so many good little tidbits of advice there. And 
I actually just pulled up a quote that I shared the other day. And I said, it's not the big moves that change your life. It's the smallest ones in your everyday life that do. And that just really just kind of summarizes everything that you said. It's like the little things that we do every single day. We don't think that they make a big difference, but that's, that's literally what's going to allow us to not only, you know, get to our goals, but be able to sustain it because it's realistic. And it's probably a lot more enjoyable than forcing ourselves to do something because we feel like we should do it or we have to do it. And should always creates the shame in our body. Like I, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Or I have to do this. And I remember always telling myself that I had to like wake up and do like fasted cardio every single morning. And I remember this one time where I was working at a gym and the TVs weren't working. And as somebody who worked at the gym, I needed to call and figure out how to turn the TVs on. But I was so selfish in wanting to get my cardio in my fasted cardio in that I literally just left the TVs not working and I did my fasted cardio. And it's like, it's so wild to think like how, you know, how much our, our brains are so, you know, moving in that direction of it's either this way or no way. Like that, like you said, that black or white mentality. And yeah, you just mentioned so many good, good little nuggets there. Yeah, I thank you. But like like you said, it's in your head it was I either do this and I'm right or I don't do this and I'm wrong. And and we really live in a society where you're either right or wrong. And that's not true. We don't live in like real life isn't you're either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that middle ground. I'm sure you could have also um called fixed had time to fix the TVs and then maybe instead of your normal 30 minute fasted cardio had time for 10 minutes but in our head we're like no if I don't get the full 30 minutes it doesn't count yeah. but it's it's life doesn't we shouldn't have our life work like that because it's you're going to be disappointed all the time mm-hmm. and you're going to be exhausted all the time dang if I had to get a two-hour workout in every single day or if I had to do fast and cardio every single day that just doesn't sound like a life that me personally, I would, I would enjoy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was, that was honestly my life for so long. And it was, mm-hmm. it's like, you think that you enjoy it until you start realizing how much time you're really putting into this. And now I'm like, what are my values? Like I value spending time with my husband. I spend, you know, I value prioritizing my mental health and there's so many more important things to life than, you know, spending so much time over exercising. But I do want to, you know, talk about this, how difficult it truly can be for somebody who's lived this way for so long. They've overtrained, they've overexercised, you know, getting them to a point of tuning into their body and listening to their body and being okay with maybe going for a walk versus doing a weight training class or going to yoga or taking a rest day. Um, you know, what are some ways that you suggest, you know, cultivating that healthier relationship with exercise? Yeah. So I think 
it all comes down to little sustainable changes, no matter what your goals are. So if you're someone who doesn't work out at all, then yeah, I know I wouldn't be like, all right, time to run a marathon every day. Like that's unrealistic. It wouldn't work. But same goes for the complete opposite side of the spectrum where you and I were at, where we were over-exercising, over-dieting. I can't just expect someone like us to just go down to, all right, I'm working out 30 minutes a day for three days a week and I'm balancing my social life and I'm listening to my body. No, that's going to be so hard and stressful, just like for people on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So I think no matter what your goals are, it starts with little sustainable steps. Um, I think the first and most important step is um, just that self-awareness, like being aware of, hey, I realized that I just worked out today past, like past exhaustion and I, I don't think that this was the best decision that I made for my body where nor- the normal mindset would be, oh my gosh, I showed up, I did it. I was so exhausted. My body hurts, but I still did it. But that awareness of, you know what, maybe cutting down this workout and listening to my body would have been a better option. So I think really starting with that awareness that, that the whole black or white, all or nothing isn't my only option. So that's the first thing is just being aware. Cause that's the hardest part is being aware. And then the next thing is, you know, finding small little changes that you can make another small little change that I made that really made a difference is I remember being on the treadmill and purposefully stopping it at like 59 minutes and not hitting that one hour. And yes, one minute might not sound like, like, like who cares, you know, to most people. But for me, I didn't officially hit that one hour mark. So I remember stopping at 59 minutes and just because I didn't hit an hour doesn't mean that those 59 minutes didn't count. I was still putting in the work. So doing something like that, which goes back to getting out of my comfort zone, but making these small little changes that first helped me recognize, Hey, it's not the end of the world. Like I'm fine. I'm not coming, coming out of like this month or this week as some slob who never works out because I worked out 59 minutes instead of one hour, all these little things that we think really matter. So I think really starting with small, consistent changes that aren't going to stress you out too much. So if that means maybe, um, you know, like another one for me was if I were to go on a run, maybe listening to my body, if I was having a hard time and walking, that was something I did yesterday. I told myself I was going on a two mile run, um, before my lifting session and like half a mile into my run, I was like, this doesn't feel very good. I want to enjoy this run. So I think that I'm going to stop and walk for a couple minutes and then start running again. But I learned that awareness of, Hey, this doesn't feel good. And there's a difference between like, Oh, this is hard. And I'm not being very disciplined versus, you know, this doesn't feel very good. I'm seven months pregnant. So for me to be out running, the old me would be like, Oh no, push past it. You can do it. But now I'm like, no, I'm in tune with my body. If this is hurting and not feeling very well, then it's okay to be like, okay, girlfriend, it's fine. You're seven months pregnant and you're out running. 
you can go ahead and walk. This does not make you a failure. So, you know, if this would have been me two years ago, I would have been like, "Uh uh-uh, if I don't run that, if I don't run this whole two miles before my workout, then it was a failure. Yeah. No, it, it, it wasn't. I still finished the two miles, even if I had to walk a little bit and that's okay. And that's something that, that I, that I celebrated at the end. Yeah. That's so good. And oh my God, I can just like picture my brain a few years ago when you said stopping at 59 minutes. Oh my God. I would have like freaked out. I would have never been able to do that because it's again, going back to like the perfectionist, it's like, no, I got to get hit that 60 minute mark. And there's so much we can unravel here. And I think also something that's important is redefining our definition of health, like what health truly means, because, you know, when we are overtraining or overexercising, or we are, you know, forcing ourselves to do that workout when we're tired, like that's not true health. In fact, you know, forcing yourself to, to go to the gym when you're tired is actually probably a lot more unhealthier for you physically, mentally, emotionally than just taking, you know, that rest day. And of course, this is something that, you know, takes time. Like you said, awareness is really the first step to, to shifting this mindset. Um, but I think those tidbits can really be, be helpful, um, for a lot of people. And I think going, Along the lines of like the over-exercising, I think a lot of people have a hard time with their relationship with exercise and of course their relationship with food because their body image and just not feeling good in their own skin and, and lacking that confidence. So, you know, I'm obviously a big believer in we can build up confidence. We can have a healthy body image without looking a certain way, because it's not about our body. It's not about the food. It's about kind of knowing like truly who we are as a human, as an individual, which really sparks our confidence and our body image. Um, what are your thoughts on that in terms of cultivating like a deep level of self-confidence? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing I want to say is my body is the least interesting thing about me. There is so much more I have to offer this world. And there's so much more you have to offer this world than your pant size, how much you weigh, um, what your body fat percentage is. No one's going to stand up at your funeral and be like, I'm so glad that she lost those last 10 pounds. Like, I'm so glad that she wore a size eight in jeans instead of a size 12. Like, what? No one, no one's going to say that. And when you are, you know, maybe thinking the reasons why you love your best friend, you don't say like, oh my gosh, I love her so much because she's so skinny and she has such a perfect body. It's, it's ridiculous, right? It sounds so dumb, but we do that to ourselves. We think that we are more worthy or we have more to offer this world. If we look a certain way and yes, diet culture society makes it seem like, um, your life will be better if you weigh a certain amount, if you have a certain body type, if you're always striving to be thinner. But I challenge you to look back at these pictures of when you were younger, when you were probably a smaller version of yourself. And were you happy then? Were, did you appreciate the body you were in? And the answer is probably no. 
you didn't realize how quote unquote good or thin that you looked back then. So obviously that's not the answer because if living in a smaller frame or being a certain weight was the answer, you would have been happy at that weight when you were at that weight 10 years ago, whenever. If thinness was the answer, people wouldn't be struggling and dying of anorexia because they hit that certain point of thinness and keep going. They keep going. And it's because of what's going on in their mind. So stop thinking that you need to change your body, that you need to work out more and lose weight because the issue isn't your body. The issue is literally your brain and your relationship that you have with your body. Because once again, it is not all black and white. And it is unrealistic to think that you are going to be the same exact size your entire life. We live in a society where it's you celebrate when you can fit into your jeans from high school. Like what? Why is that something to celebrate? I'm a completely different person. I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm not a child. Why is that something to celebrate? You know, we, we live in a society where people think that your before and after pictures have to be like a bigger version of yourself and then a smaller version. And then that's something to celebrate. Okay. I look at pictures of smaller versions of myself where I was struggling so much with anxiety, where I had such little self-confidence, where I was obsessing over food, where I was stressing out about leaving my house because I couldn't control what I was eating or even going out to eat and trying to track it in my calorie counting app. Like, okay. The only benefit I guess was that I was a smaller size, which doesn't even equate to health because we all have different set points where our bodies thrive. So I was actually under, under feeding and undernourishing and over exercising. My body wasn't even healthy. So we hold on to like this little piece. And like you were saying earlier, um, we think that diet and exercise is the only aspect of health. But if you look at health and wellness, it goes way beyond that. Exercise and nutrition is only a little sliver of this pie. There's also, you know, your mental health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, your financial health, your relationships. And we're so fast to like feed into, oh, I need to have perfect diet and I need to exercise constantly and not realizing that our mental health is suffering. Our emotional health is suffering. Our friendships, our relationships are suffering because I'm putting this little sliver of a pie first, instead of trying to, to spread it out and give my attention equally to all these other things that give me actual health and wellness and happiness. And that's going to lead to this self-confidence. So it all just starts with your brain and reframing that mindset. Because like I said, if the answer was a smaller body, then a lot of us would be way more confident than we were and that we are. Yeah. And I think it's like totally okay to like, you know, it's totally okay to like, maybe miss that body, but it's just like, what's the cost? Like, how much are you willing to pay to get to that body? And most of the time it's not worth it. Like you said, like the obsession of calories, the saying no to going out for dinner, the hiding your body, the, you know, not going out. It's like that price is way too high to pay 
And it's just, it's just not worth it. You know? And I think that's something that if you're currently struggling right now, anyone who is listening with maybe like missing your old body is reminding yourself, you can always go back there like a hundred percent, but do you actually really want to? Yeah. At like, what are cost? you wanting? Yeah. Yeah. Are you wanting to do that for me? Like I'm like, hell no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that, no, I'm like, I don't even know how I did it. And I think that truly comes from like just experiencing food freedom and like all the happiness that comes with it. You're like, I was so not happy back then. I wasn't even living. I felt like my life was like on pause back then, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think too, a lot of like body image struggles, I think come from comparison and come from, you know, all my friends look this way or, you know, obviously social media, but in terms of like even comparison, right? Like comparing your body to other people, how do we break out of that trap? How do we prevent ourselves from staying in alignment with focusing on our mental health or emotional health, all these other aspects without getting, sucked into our body because well everybody else looks a certain way yeah that's a good question I I like to say that there are three types of people that we compare ourselves to we compare ourselves to people we don't know so you know celebrities maybe some accounts on social media um we compare ourselves to people we do know so this can be you know our friends family members people like that who we are constantly comparing ourselves to and then we compare ourselves to an older version of ourselves so these are the three types of people that we are often comparing ourselves to and comparison is just a trap that we fall into because let's be real there are probably multiple people who are comparing their lives to yours And you are so focused on the gifts that God has given these other people that you aren't even realizing the unique gifts that you have. You're like sitting here with like a $1 bill and being like, but she has four quarters. Okay. It's just different gifts. Her gifts aren't worth any more than yours. They're just different. And you're so caught up in the fact that she has four quarters and I have a $1 bill that you're not even seeing what you can do with the gifts you were given. And I think that is an issue. That is something that um, we do a lot when we compare ourselves to people that we know. And then to compare ourselves with people that we don't know, that's um, really dumb. Let me just say, because we don't know these people. We don't know what they're doing. Like, I'll be the first to admit that when I post a picture of myself on Instagram, it is probably one of 20 pictures that I took. And then I picked the best one. And then people are waking up and looking at themselves in the mirror going, why don't I look like that? Well, they don't even look like that. They look like that for half a second. And that's why they posted it, you know, and even these celebrities, like their life is to look a certain way. They have, they have, private chefs, they have personal trainers, they have dietitians, they have their own gyms, they have all this stuff. And that is their life. So for you to compare yourself, who you know, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're working out, you're doing all this stuff by yourself, comparing yourself to someone who 
is paying like 10 other people to do it for them. That's a little unfair. And then, you know, comparing yourself to, to an older version of yourself, that's also just unfair because what about all the aspects that you've, that you've grown in your life? You compare your body, you can be like, oh, you know, I weigh 200 pounds now, but I weighed 150 pounds 10 years ago. Okay. Well, what have you gained in those 10 years that have nothing to do with weight? You probably have more friendships. You maybe have, you know, a loving relationship with someone in your life. You probably have built all these things in the past 10 years where I think that's more important than however much weight I lost or gained in the past, however many years. So when you're comparing yourself to an older version of yourself, you're looking at one little tiny piece of the puzzle and like getting upset about that one little piece. Okay. Well, what about all the other pieces, all these other pieces that built you to who you are today? And you're mad at this one little piece that's different. So that's why this comparison is just, it's such a trap. Yeah. In so many different ways. And that's so beautiful that you mentioned about what, what you gained because yeah, when you're not so focused, hyper-focused on the way that you look, you have greater capacity in your brain to focus on more important things. And like you said, like friendships and thriving in your career and helping people making an impact. So I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful reminder for everyone listening, which is, which is amazing. Um, so I guess the last thing here, I know you're big into faith and you talk about this link between, you know, faith and fitness and nutrition and health. So can you share with us, I guess, what that, what that link looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking this question because I am very strong in my faith. And I realized that even um, at a younger age, when I thought I was strong in my faith and I was struggling with these um, eating disorders and disordered eating habits, that all my values and my identity were put in the wrong things. And when you start bringing other things into your life, like your faith, your spirituality, um, you realize that it's so much bigger than you. My issue, which I, I'll be honest, it's still something I, I somewhat struggle with now, is putting my identity into things that could be taken away. So back then, my identity was in my weight. My identity was in me being this person who was the best of the best at certain sports. My identity was in things that could be easily taken away. You see this with professional athletes where their career after the Olympics is over And then what happens where they face an injury and then their life is over. And that's because you put your identity in something that can be taken away. So if it's your weight, your health, you know, I was known as a girl who worked out for hours every single day and ate super duper healthy. And it's like, okay, at what cost now? I, if I, I feel like if I were to have a donut or if I were to take a rest day on a Monday, that that would be taking away from my identity but it's not. So that's what really helped me overcome my eating disorders, have a healthier relationship with food and my body, because I realized that my identity is in God. And my faith is something that cannot be taken away from me. All these other things I can get in an accident and not be able to work out ever for the rest of my life. And the old me, that would probably 
devastate me and crush me. And well, yes, if that happened now, of course, some of my passions would be taken away, but my identity wouldn't. So I think it is just so important to not put our identity into things that aren't meant to to last and aren't meant to stay that our identities aren't meant to be put on put in because we obsess over the scale and that is something that will literally change and fluctuate every day like we literally put our happiness into all right if I'm one pound two pounds five pounds less than the last time I weighed myself then I will allow myself to be happy for the rest of the day but if I get on the scale and the scale is up then oh it's I'm I'm in a bad mood it's over that literally makes no sense because first of all, there are so many different factors that go into your fluctuating weight than actual fat. And even if it was fat, who, how does that make you any less of a person? How does that make your worth or your value any less? So I think it is just so important for people to take the power out of the things that they've put their power into, whether it's your weight, your identity, um, for me, I said, it's something I struggle with is still like productivity and achievements. I love being productive. I love having achievements, but that doesn't make me who I am. That is not my identity. And if I wasn't able to be productive or if I sat on the couch all day, guess what? I'm still worthy. I'm not any less worthy or less of a person just because I didn't clean. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't go for a run. I didn't lift my weights we cannot put our identity in things that can be taken away. So once I stopped doing that and I put my identity into God and the gifts that he's given me, then all this pressure to be perfect and pressure to be a certain way. Cause I feel like otherwise I'd be failing myself that went away. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so, so beautiful. And man, labels and identities can be so damaging like so damaging, even the, the, the pure act of just like saying, I am a binge eater or I am an emotional eater. It's like our identity impacts our behaviors. It impacts our thoughts. It impacts how we feel. And if we are telling ourselves I'm a binge eater or I'm a self-sabotager, it's like, we can do super well. We can be feeling good but it's like, we purposely mess something up because it's like, this isn't who I am. I'm a binge eater. I'm somebody who self-sabotages. Right. So again, it's a really good reminder to let go of those identities, let go of those labels. And like you said, put, put your focus on something just bigger than, than yourself essentially. So really good, really awesome. Um, so as we wrap up here, is there any, I guess, last things that you'd like to mention to my listeners? Yeah, I think um, if you don't take away anything else from this podcast, I just hope that you can take away that life doesn't need to be all or nothing. It's not black and white, like we said, and celebrate those little wins. You deserve it. Your win can be so super small, but you know what? Write it down write it in your journal, type it in the notes in your phone, because that's what's going to keep you going. Celebrating those little wins, being positive. You cannot hate yourself into loving yourself. You think that if you hate this version of yourself, you can do it so much that you'll love a different version of yourself. It doesn't work that way. If you want to love a 
another version, a future version of yourself. You have to love the version of yourself that you are right now and that you don't have to go through this alone. That's why there's people like me. There's people like you, Lorna, who, you know, we do this for a living and you don't have to, you don't have to go through it alone. So, you know, find a community, find a coach, find someone who can help you because I promise that the feeling of food freedom and not having your identity and these things that can be taken away and being confident in all versions of yourself is the most empowering and relaxing thing that you can ever feel. Yeah. It's liberating. It's liberating. Yeah. And every single one of you guys deserves it. Every single one of you is worthy of that. So amazing. So Miranda, where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. All my links are on Instagram. My handle is at thisismorandy.com. Um, and you can check out my podcast, the M powered podcast. So M dash powered podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with my listeners. Those, the details will definitely be linked down below in the show notes. So yeah, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me.